Hello, my fellow Stoic, and welcome to the Stoic Handbook Podcast. I'm your host, John Brooks. And before we get into today's episode, I want to spend just a moment addressing the anxiety gremlin together. You know, the one that lurks in the shadows, feasting on your confidence and mental clarity. But in all seriousness, anxiety is a major problem for many of us. It denies our potential in life. And it kept me stuck for years. I used to struggle with anxiety attacks, chronic worrying, fear of judgment from others, social anxiety, difficulty building connections, brain fog, being distracted, struggle with sleep, feeling constantly tired, general feelings of insecurity and low self-esteem. And it would sometimes show up in work and professional situations And also they came with it, this kind of joy sapping quality where I just wasn't able to enjoy life to the full. And then also kind of like shame and feeling alienated because of the whole thing. I struggled with this for quite a few years and kind of distracted myself out of it, tried the mainstream techniques, but eventually I just had enough and I made a decision. I refused to live the rest of my life with this constant war inside this constant inner battle. So I set out to learn as much as I could about the psychology of anxiety, as well as the philosophy of happiness. I also stumbled on stoicism during this process. And then I refined my ideas into a system that helped me personally break free from the shackles of fear. I tested it on myself. I tested it on coaching clients. I released different parts of it to the public. My meditations relating to anxiety have been listened to by many thousands of people. And I kept building and building upon this. And the result of all of this work and study is now the course Stoic Anxiety Mastery. This is my flagship course, and it consists of four parts that will teach you new psychological skills, not just ideas, but skills that will help you kick anxiety to the curb, unlock your full potential, get rid of things like anxiety attacks, that feeling of dodging social situations, that constant resistance and feeling like you're not meeting your potential because this thing called anxiety or fear is holding you back. And so if you resonate with the type of work that I create, if my lessons and my teachings have personally helped you, I would encourage you to check out Stoic Anxiety Mastery. Imagine yourself being able to confidently enter a room, talk to strangers, nailing work meetings, picture in your mind what it would be like to have a crystal clear mind And this is what Stoic Anxiety Mastery is all about. It's about giving you the toolkit to help you rise above the chaos and thrive in all areas. So if all of this sounds interesting to you, you can head over to stoicstore.com where you'll find Stoic Anxiety Mastery. Stoicstore.com, there's going to be a link in the show notes. And I hope you join me on this epic journey of turning the path of overcoming anxiety into a path of mastery. It's been a life-changing adventure for me, and I sincerely wish that if anxiety is something you struggle with, it becomes one for you too. With all that said, thank you for being on this journey with me, and now let's go on to today's episode. Hello, fellow Stoics. This is John Brooks. Welcome back to the Stoic Handbook Podcast. If you've been reading my emails, you would have seen that I am creating a program called Ascesis, a 10-week Stoic immersion training program. I'm just in the process of finalizing participants. We already have a truly fantastic group, and I'm super eager to go on this adventure with my fellow participants. If this is something that appeals to you, you can send me a message 
on stoichandbook at johnbrooks.com. Today I want to discuss a very short but very potent quote by Marcus Aurelius. The quote is, Waste no more time arguing what a good man should be. Be one. This instruction that he writes to himself is extremely deep. Yes, it's iconic. Yes, it cuts straight to the point. But it's deep and it applies to so many areas of life. I think that it is so alluring and addictive to discuss other people. To discuss the ideal person. To find faults in others. The term they use for this on the internet is keyboard warrior. So it's this idea that you're sitting behind your keyboard and you're giving this feedback, this advice, this criticism to someone out there in the arena doing the heroic stuff, doing the work. You can become a professional critic, right? You can become a professional criticizer of others, a film critic or a music critic. Now, of course, a lot of these critics have expertise, but some of them, they just criticize other people's creation without ever having created anything themselves. In the realm of personal development, have you ever gotten into a discussion about what it means to be enlightened? Who is enlightened? Who isn't enlightened? Who's a good person? Who's not a good person? Who's corrupt? Who's not corrupt? Who's more intelligent? Who would win this debate? Who's more awake than this other person? I am certainly guilty of getting into the kind of discussion where I theorize about what it means to be good, to be wholesome, to be in integrity. These types of discussions, I believe, are just distractions. Distractions from doing the thing. When I encounter people who really struggle with self-discipline, one thing I often see is that they're regularly promising themselves something. So if someone really wants to start a workout routine, but they're never working out, they'll often say things like, I need to start working out, or next week I'm going to start working out, or tomorrow I'm going to sign up to the gym. There's always these little promises that they give themselves that keeps this hope, this fantasy alive, that they will actually start working out, but yet they just don't, right? There's always this feeling that they might And this feeling persists for weeks and months and years often. But the evidence suggests that they aren't. And this is a distinction that I love, a very simple distinction, the difference between would and could, right? A lot of us could do many things. I could start a new business for electric cars and try and make the world a better place. I could do that, right? I really could do that. I could write an article every single day for the next 365 days and really go as far as I can into helping people. I could do it. Like, I really could do that. I could completely clean up my life and avoid any kind of negative influence for the next six months. I could do it. Like, I really could, and so could you. But the question is, would you? Would you do this? We know you could, but would you? And you know the answer to that is not something you can say. You can't actually voice an answer to that. 
There is no verbal answer. The answer has already been stated by your past. If there's no track record of you doing it, you can't do it. If there's no evidence of you making strides forward in that area, you wouldn't do it. Because if you would, you would have. This goes back also to this idea that people say, I could have been this amazing thing. You know, or when I was younger, if I had studied harder, I, I could have been a top doctor. When I was younger, if I had trained harder, I could have been one of the world's greatest athletes. The truth is, that's not any more true than, than the idea that you could have been the creator of Amazon or you could have been a billionaire zookeeper. It's one reality that you've chosen because it feels good when you choose it. But if you could have done that truly, you would have done that. And this goes back to this idea of stoic fatalism. It's very important to be real with ourselves. We can look back on our life and go, well, if I had studied harder, I would have done this amazing thing. But you didn't study harder. That wasn't you. That wasn't you any more than the world isn't the moon. And this is a hard thing for people to grasp. It's a very confronting thing. But to a large degree, yes, you are the result of luck or randomness, if you prefer that word, or fortune. That is a huge part of your life, okay? You didn't choose your brain. You didn't choose your family. You didn't choose your height. There's so much that is just luck. You didn't choose that you don't have this debilitating disease or that you do have this debilitating disease. So much of our life is random. And stoicism is the antidote to that, of course. But the other side of this humility that comes from seeing that so much of life is random and that so many people who are quote-unquote self-made are just lucky enough to be the type of person who can become self-made based on their genetics and situation. There's also, if you look deep enough into it, a truth that goes something like this. A large part of your life, not all of it, because a large part of it was luck, but a large part of your life is the way it is because on some level you've wanted it to be that way. You know when people say, I don't have enough time for this. I prefer to think that you do with your time everything you want to do every day. When people say, I don't have enough time to read books. You do have enough time to read books, but you're choosing to do other things with your time. You want to be doing other things more than you want to be reading books. So, that, so it's not that you don't have enough time to read books. It's that you would rather do other things than read books. And when people are struggling with discipline and they say, I don't have enough time to be disciplined, it's not that you don't have enough time to do this thing that you know is good for you. It's that you're choosing to do other things instead. And looping back to the quote, waste no more time arguing what a good man should be. Be one. The arguing about what a good man should be, the arguing about what a good person should be, is the perfect distraction, the perfect distraction from actually being one. We fool ourselves into thinking that if I can create this image and talk as if I know what a good person is, then I vicariously take on some of those traits. 
because other people give me the validation of seeing that I'm onto something. But you know, in your heart of hearts, you aren't that, and you have to live with that. The idea of stoicism is really simple. You don't practice stoicism so that you can impress your friends. You don't practice stoicism so that you can appear wise. You don't practice stoicism so that people listen to you and think that you understand stoicism. You practice stoicism for those moments when you are on your own, lying in the dark, confronted with yourself, wondering, what am I doing with my life? What is going on? How much of a fake am I? How much of an addict to approval and validation am I? Where am I pretending? Where am I an imposter? Where am I hiding? Where am I weak? And when you survey the ground of your character and you take a good look, the practicing stoic is okay with themselves, is contented with their efforts. Waste no more time arguing what a good person should be. No more time. Be one. Over and over and over again. As many times as it takes. Thank you for listening. I'll see you in the next episode of the Stoic Handbook Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Stoic Handbook Podcast. If you'd like to support my work, you can leave a review, a rating on Spotify. It takes just a few seconds. And you can also leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. I read every review. I deeply appreciate this, and it really helps me to be able to spend more time doing this work and get great guests on this podcast. So thank you so much, and I will see you on the next episode, if fortune allows.